0: where you are right now Boss forth in tongues at this time Boss forth in tongues at this time don't keep quiet don't keep quiet don't keep quiet radha sathe moloba radha khandel ekhena rado suffered said Bale balekrada zakamba radha khandel said ebokomba be des said ebokomba Rada kandere da kamba Rada kandere do zopredeske beje kempale kemradaska bala kamba rakamba be kendereze bala kandradaska kamba rada oh glory Oh, yes. Lift up your heads, O ye gays, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gays, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Glory be to our God the King. Glory be to our God the King. He's the King of the universe. He's the only potentate that rules and reigns. Father, we hallow you today. We bless your name, O God. Thank you, great God. Thank you, the ancient of days. We glorify, we praise your Lord. In Jesus' name we worship. amen Father, we give you thanks. We are grateful for such an opportunity as this. Thank you for the release of your spirit unto us. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you have released unto us also. Lord, we are grateful, O God, we have come today. May your word have the resting place in our hearts, O God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, chosen vessel. Please bring out your Bibles. Let's take our Bible affirmation together, everybody. Glory be to God. Let's stand and take our Bible affirmation. Hallelujah. Say with me, this is my Bible. It's God's inherent and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide these words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life By doing his teachings. And so it my world. By being a witness. Hereafter. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus. For his honor and glory. Both now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You're welcome. And I trust that you had a very blessed day today. We're continuing in our subject of signs of maturity as a Christian. Maturing believer, we said, abounds in love. We spent about eight weeks discussing the subject of love. And we are going to the next point in our text. Our text is from Philippians chapter 1, from verse 9 to verse 11. Philippians chapter 1, from verse 9 to verse 11. It says, and these I pray, That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Praise the Lord. Verse 10. The reason why your love should abound in knowledge and in more is that so that you may be able to discern what is best. And may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Verse 11. Being filled with the fruit of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we took some time to look at the Christian love, agape love. We looked at different characteristics of agape love, and the Bible says that we should abound in love, taking it for granted that the love of God is already in our hearts, and we need to do all we need to do under God to ensure that this love abounds in us praise the lord still from that philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 we saw seven things and by the grace of god within this year we're going to go through the seven things the first was that a maturing christian should increase to grow in love abound in love the second point is that a maturing christian or believer he should be growing in knowledge the third thing is that he must grow in spiritual discerning A maturing believer is spiritually discerning. He must be able to distinguish between right and wrong, what is of God, what is not of God. The fourth thing we saw from that Philippians chapter 1, from verse 9 to verse 11, is that a maturing believer must have spiritual integrity. He must be a man of truth. He must be a man or woman of character. Praise the Lord. The fifth thing we saw there was that he must have good works. It's not enough to speak the Christian language. He must be able to translate his speakings into his walk. He must be able to walk the walk of the Christian. Number six, we saw that a maturing believer is constantly glorifying God. He lives in an atmosphere of worship in an atmosphere of praise, acknowledging the goodness of God. All these are from those three verses. Verse 9, verse 10, verse 11. and when we begin to take them one by one, we'll see those points. The seventh thing is that a maturing believer must have a quality prayer life. Must have a quality prayer life. And so if you are growing as a child of God, ask yourself, Is my love growing? Am I growing in the knowledge of the Lord? Am I spiritually discerning? Do I have integrity as a child of God? Do I have good works as a child of God? Is my life bringing glory to God? Am I glorifying God as a child of God? And what is the quality of my prayer life? All these things we must be able to define. Praise the Lord. And so we're beginning a series right now in which I'm moving into the second part of the seven points we're going to look. And like I've told us already, for most of this year, this is where we're going to stay. Next year, we'll take something else also. Amen. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and verse 10. I want to read from New International Version now, the NIV. It says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. A maturing Christian. The sign that you are maturing as a child of God. is The second sign here from this scripture. According to the prayer of Apostle Paul for the church in Philippi. Is that they must be growing in the knowledge of God. The question is this. What type of knowledge should I grow in? There are different kinds of knowledge in the world. But is there a particular knowledge that the Bible is asking me to grow in? If you look at the verse after verse 9, that is verse 10. In the NIV, the reason why I need to grow in knowledge is so that I can discern what is best. If I'm not growing in knowledge, it truly means that I may not really be able to know what the will of God is in a particular situation. So it is in my interest as a maturing believer to seek to grow in knowledge. If you look at that verse 10 in the living Bible. See how the living Bible puts it. For I want you always to see clearly. We are looking at verse 10. Philippians 1.10. It says, for I want you always to see clearly the difference between right and wrong. And to be inwardly clean. If I don't know the difference between right and wrong, it means I'm not growing as a child of God. Because I don't know the difference between right and wrong, it means that I cannot live a clean life unto God. Remember in first Peter said, be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, I am holy. I think that's Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Beloved of God, it becomes extremely important that this knowledge make up your mind that I will grow in this knowledge that God is talking about. Because the Bible says, if I don't grow in this knowledge, I cannot know. I won't be able to distinguish between right and wrong. If you look at it from the easy-to-read Bible, it says that you will see the difference, be able to spot the difference between what is important and what is not important. And it will enable me to choose what is important because I am geared towards doing the will of God. It said that you will be pure and blameless For the coming of Christ. Growing in knowledge as a child of God will affect my choices. My choices will determine my readiness to go if the trumpet should sound immediately. But I cannot make the right choices if I am ignorant. If I am not growing in knowledge, I cannot be able to choose the things that are the best, the things that are right. In fact, I will not be able to distinguish between what is important and what is not important. And it has everything to do with the color of the rest of my life. So, the rest of my work as a Christian will be greatly affected by the level of the knowledge of God that I have. But the question I keep asking, what type of knowledge is required of me? So that, as the NIV says, I will be able to discern the best thing. Or, as the Living Bible says, I will be able to know what is right. And what is wrong. Or that I will be able to know what is important. And what is not important. It therefore means that I must pick my battles. Everything about this life is about choices. I must be able to make the right choices. And whatever choice I make will affect what the turnout of my life will be. It will affect the color of my life. So what is that kind of knowledge? Remember in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. In the King James Bible, when the young man Joshua took over from Moses, the servant of God, he had problem with inertia. He didn't know how to move from left to right. And then God came to him and told him how to be able to make the right choices. Beloved of God, choices are so important. Destiny is tied to choice. The the way your life turns out tomorrow is tied to choice. That is why you need to make the right choices today. And the key to making the right choices today is for you to grow in the knowledge of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It says, But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The key point I'm making from this scripture is that God is telling his man the new leader he has appointed. If you are going to know how to choose what is best for the people, for yourself and the people you are leading, if you want to make a success of your career as a leader, the key is that you will take a look into this book. This book must not depart from your mouth. If it's not going to depart from your mouth, it means that it must not depart from your eyes. It means that Whatever, however his life is going to turn depends on how he relates with that book. So, forget about what he has to do with the book. First, let us establish the fact that what is required for him is to get into the scriptures. To get into the word of God. To know what God has said about any particular matter or any particular situation. So that he will be able to make the right choices. Because whatever choice he makes will affect whether he succeeds fails. In Psalm 119 verse 105. Psalm 119 verse 105. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. There is something about the word of God here. It's a lamp. It's a light. Light unto my path speaks of a direction. A lamp unto my feet speaks of guidance. Like I explained to us, I think, two or three weeks ago. I did tell us the difference between the world being a lamp and the world being a light. One tells you, go this way. You want to go to Lagos, head to Bega. That is the direction they are giving to you. But how are you going to get to Bega? That is the day-to-day guardians you need. So the word of God gives you the step-by-step approach. The word of God also tells you the end from the beginning. That is why it's extremely important that we must grow and increase in the knowledge of the word of God. Now, the word being a lamp unto me, hear how somebody utilized the word. You see, this guy Daniel, like I've told us his story, when uh, the prophet Jeremiah was imprisoned by the king Zedekiah, Daniel was a prince in Judah, and he was One of those young boys that used to run around in the palace. He had a right to be in the palace. He had a blood right to be in the palace. He had a family right to be in the palace. He was born there. And so he was one of the princes of Judah at that time. And so there was liberty for him to move around. But it so happened that there was something about this young man, Daniel. Daniel had gotten in contact with prophet Jeremiah. And he had fallen in love with Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, as some extra-biblical writers said, that Daniel was one of those that used to carry the scrolls of Jeremiah. He would carry it to one place, Jeremiah would send him to another place. Jeremiah would send him to that place. It so happened that one of those times in which he was running around with the scrolls, that was when they were they were taken as captives and taken out of the land by the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. He cutted all of them away, and he had the scrolls with him. But thank God for him because he knew the importance of that scroll. Because he was already sold out, already committed to God. And so one of those days, he probably was praying or it was just a routine with him. He was reading part of the scrolls. Then he encountered a prophecy that God's servant, the prophet Jeremiah had said. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2 and 3. I read from the New Living Bible. You will see the importance of the scriptures, the importance of the word of God to make you wise to be able to take a good decision. That is the point I want to stress in this. The knowledge that God is asking us to gather here is the knowledge of the word of God. The knowledge of the word of God. is not a knowledge of God. It's not a knowledge about God. But get to be acquainted with the word of God first. All the others will come. It is one step after the other, one after the other, one after the other. The first is that become acquainted with the word of God, become a friend of the word of God. they have let a day not pass without you having a good dose of the word of God. Praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 to verse 3. I read from the New Living Translation. It said, During the first year of his reign, I Daniel. Learned from reading the word of God. He didn't get this information from any newspaper. He didn't get this information from any writings of the prophet. Or or, or the scrolls that he probably found there. He said, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of God. There is the information in the word of God. And God wants you to have that information. So that you will be able to wage an effective warfare. He said, I, Daniel learned from reading the word of God as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayers and fastings. I also wore rough bullab and sprinkled myself with ashes. According to history, you can Google this story. When he read this, it was about the 66th and into the 67th year of their stay in Babylon. He was already becoming old there. And so, it so happened that when he saw this, look, in three years' time, it will be 70 years. We are not looking as if we are moving away from here. We do, there is no sign that we are supposed to live in three years' time. There is no preparation at all. God, what do we do? When he read it, he knew that God has made a commitment to it. He got information from the word of God. That look, as far as God is concerned, 70 years is a time. And in order for him to be able to make a good decision. To choose what is best. To choose between what is right and what is wrong. For him to make a choice on what is important and what is not important. The Bible says, he said, God, you have committed yourself to this. He began to pray immediately. That knowledge of the scripture that he gained pushed him to desire the fulfillment of that knowledge. But you know that knowledge cannot be fulfilled unless somebody gives birth to that knowledge. Makes it to become material. Brings it from, downloads it from the realms of the will of God into the realms of the physical. Let me tell you why this is very important. You see, brethren, when God had given them a similar promise in Egypt, God told Abraham, your children will stay, your seed will stay in a strange land for 400 years. After 400 years, I will bring them back. They were there because they were doing very well in the land. They lost track of what was good for them. Then, God, When God saw this, God ensured that there was a change in the government of Egypt. When the Bible says that a new pharaoh that didn't know Joseph came along, it doesn't mean that the new pharaoh did not know the history of the land. It's because he knew the history of the land, that is why he decided to deal with the Jews at that time in a very tough way. The Jews were part of those that supported the old government, the old era, against the new era. The people that were ruling in the old era, they were people that crossed in from Europe, what we know as Europe today. They were people that crossed in because of their skills, because of their knowledge, because of their money. They began to subjugate the indigence of the land. The new pharaoh that came in now, came. they were the sons of the soul. The real Egyptians. They were able to overthrow those people that came to put them in colony or to put them, you know, like the colonial masters. Let's, let's say so to say, they got their independence. When they forcefully got their independence, all those people that were allies to the old regime, they made sure that they deal with them. Remember what the pharaoh said? The pharaoh said, unless there is a war, And they side with our enemies against us. They knew they were powerful. They were people that were involved in commerce. They had economic. They had strength. They had population in that place. They had influence in the land. But in order to deal with their influence, they began to subjugate them. So that they would not be able to rise again. All those subjugations, God allowed it because it was working for his purpose. And by this time, it was 360 years now. By the time this thing was taking place, Moses was born. At 40, Moses will be able to bring them out of Egypt. But at 40, by the time you add 40 years of Moses' life, at 360 years they had spent in Egypt, plus 40, that would be exactly 400 years, isn't it? Moses would take them out. But in that time in Egypt, because the Jews were too comfortable in the land, there was no leader. A typical Jew was an agato himself. He believed that he doesn't need to be subjugated to anybody. Yes, they had elders, but it is what you want. The elder does not speak what you want. You won't do what he wants you to do. And so, when they had that problem, part of the things that happened was that that they began to recognize the role of elders among them. Because they needed representatives to go and negotiate with the taskmaster. They needed representatives to go and negotiate with the government on their behalf. So as to at least reduce their punishment or reduce their slavery. The the, the challenges associated with their slavery. And so the eldership began to come. When the eldership began to come, it was in that pattern that Moses emerged. But that was not the end of it. According to the story, when they began to go through all those, then Moses was born in that persecution. Remember, there was no leader. No leader that could give them a direction. Because there was no need that could give a there was no call for prayer. Because there was no prayer, the hand of the Lord that would have been released on their behalf was shortened, And so, they began to suffer. Before they knew it, 400 years had come and gone. Moses was born earlier than 360 years. 360 years of their stay there. But if you follow the timetable that was made, by that 400 years, God would have pulled them out. But because of the lack of leadership, because of the lack of prayer, they stayed in that land 30 years extra. A lot of people died, a lot of losses were incurred by them as a result of those 30 years they stayed there. Now, when they stayed there, it had to take God to bring Moses back, go and retrain him, bring him back to bring them out. Eventually, Moses came and brought them out. But do you know that before Moses can be released unto them, there were a lot of prayers that took place? Do you get what I'm saying? if you want the release of that thing you are looking for, brother, put in some prayer effort. Go back and listen to the message on Sunday. Sit down and pray. Do you know that God so did it that they were so dealt with that even they are walking, the Bible says that even the old people, their ears and their thighs were like prayers unto God, became prayers unto God. The words they spoke became prayers. They were looking unto God. As a result of the prayers they were praying, the Bible says God remembered the covenant he had with Abraham and had mercy unto them. Have you been in a situation where. Look, I have read that text in the Yoruba Bible. It says their he and their ha were prayers unto God. Meaning that they were so subjugated that they had lost everything. Why did they go through that? Because there was no leadership. Why did they go through that? Because they had lost the knowledge of God in them. Until by persecution, they were brought together. And by persecution, they were reminded of God. But they could have still had God work for them. Without the persecution, if they had had leadership, if they had prayed. That was the difference in Babylon. Babylon, there was leadership. Daniel provided the leadership. In Babylon, there was prayer. Daniel provided the prayers. The Bible says he fasted and prayed for 21 days until angels were dispatched to him. Beloved of God, kingdom will come by power. For you as a child of God, I want you to know Jesus said, ever since the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God does what? Suffered what? Violence. And it is the violence that take it by force. If you don't learn to pray, eh? If you don't learn to lay hold on the porch of the altar, to cry unto God concerning your family, look, let me tell you, what God has made provision for you, it is yours. He has kept it there for you. But you may not be able to touch it. What will download the bridge for you to be able to touch it is how much of prayer work you have done into it. That is why you cannot afford to be lazy in the place of prayer. Praise the Lord. That was by the way amen so by the knowledge of the word of god he knew what to do what was he to do he knew that he should begin to pray and when he began to pray god began to put into the hearts of people the desire to go back because these people were already accomplished again in babylon they were established most of them were in government a good number of them were businessmen and women and they were doing very well in fact the bible says Jeremiah told them build houses in that place Give your daughters and your sons to into marriage. Let them be settled in that. They were truly very well settled. But when Daniel began to pray, their hearts longed for their motherland. Beloved of God, if you can pray, that thing can change. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, how did he get it? He said, I Daniel learned from the reading of the word of God, the knowledge that God wants us to grow in is first the knowledge of the scripture. For when you grow in the knowledge of the scripture, you will grow in the knowledge of God. When you grow in the knowledge of God, you will know how to choose what is best. You will know how to choose what is important. You will know how to choose what is required of you by God at that time. The fourth thing I want you to see, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, why I believe that the knowledge you are to grow in, first, is the knowledge of the scripture. This was Apostle Paul talking to his young son, writing to his young son Timothy. He said, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. You have been taught. You have been taught. If he was taught history, for example. It is in history, he will have become a professor. But he was taught the Holy Scriptures. Do you know that this man, Timothy, at the age of 17, as young as he was, he was one of the bishops of one of the biggest churches in the New Testament. The bishop of the church of Ephesus. He was so young that some people, elderly people in the church used to take him for granted. And so one of the reasons why Apostle Paul wrote to him that don't allow anybody to despise your youth was because of his frailty, his size as a young man, the fact that he was a teenager. When he assumed such a high office. But he had the capacity to do it. That was why God took him there. Why? Because he was exposed to the knowledge of scriptures. That gave him the wisdom to take decisions. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Beloved of God. As a child of God. A maturing believer must grow. In the knowledge of the word of God. You must grow. It is one thing to be around a leader. Like Joshua, for example, was around the leader, Moses. Joshua, go and read the Bible. Joshua did not take any decision while Moses was there. The entirety of the decision was Moses' responsibility. So, he was not taught how to take decisions. As a matter of fact, when Moses was living, when he knew that his time was up, God told him, go and pray for Joshua and get him ready to take over. The Bible says, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands upon him. He was filled with the spirit of wisdom. To have the spirit of wisdom, without actually practicalizing the spirit of wisdom, there are two different things. Before, Moses would say, go and fight, he would go and fight. Because he knows that Moses is on the mountain praying for him to be successful. He always had the backdrop of Moses behind him. Everything that he did was because Moses instructed him to do it. Now he's the one going to instruct people. How is he going to do it? And the Bible says, Look, you want to be successful in what you are doing? The way out is getting to the Word of God. You must have a systematic way of getting to the Word of God for yourself. Because the Bible requires that as a maturing believer, you must grow in knowledge. What happens if God like we know, God had placed Daniel as the leader of the Jews in Babylon? What would have happened if Daniel did not know what to do? Daniel as a matter of fact didn't know what to do. He didn't even know that it was almost time for them to go. And so if Daniel didn't know, they would have stayed there 70 years, 71 years, 80 years, 90 years and they would think God has forgotten them. Meanwhile, the problem was lack of leadership. Even when there is a leader with the, the, and there is no direction, there is nothing that can be attained. He got his direction from reading the word of God. From reading the word of God. From reading the word of God. Beloved of God. The word of God will give us direction. Let's see. Can we have 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 16? to 17 you give it to us in the King James verse and NLT okay look at this look at this all scripture is given by the inspiration of God now listen to me when it comes to scripture God is the author of scripture but the scripture has many writers so that you will know that no scripture is of any private interpretation are you following me The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth will be what? Confirmed. You can't come and get a scripture and run on the strength of one scripture, make a doctrine out of it on the strength of one scripture. No, 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 no. You must have something from another writer or from another portion of that writer's text that confirms what we are talking about. Presence of two or three. Now, the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, for teaching. For teaching. For teaching. Instruction. I have told you the requirement for something to qualify as a New Testament doctrine. There is no time to go into that. It is profitable for what? For reproof. For correction. For instructions in righteousness. How to live your Christian life. That the man of God may be perfect, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Please give it to us in the NLT, New Living Translation. Look at this. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. And is useful to teach us what is true. So when you increase in the knowledge of the scripture, you are increasing in the knowledge of what? What is true. Truth increases in you. When you increase in the knowledge of the scripture, you are increasing in the knowledge of something that will make us realize what is wrong in our lives. When you increase in the knowledge of the scripture... ...you are increasing in the knowledge of what will enable you to correct what is wrong in your life. When you increase in the knowledge of the scripture... ...you are increasing in what will teach you to do what is right. And when you increase in the knowledge of the scripture... ...God uses it to prepare and to equip you to do every good work. The knowledge of the scripture... There's no time I would have read from Acts chapter 1. When you go home, read it. The young leader, Peter. Well, he wasn't a young man as such. But he was a contemporary of Jesus' age. Let's say maybe Peter was in his maybe middle or upper 30s. Or Max, maybe in his 40s. Are, are you with me? He was following Jesus. Peter never took any decision. Except, Lord, if it is you, let me come. And the Lord said, come. And he came. Are you following me? And the other time when he made him, he said, Brought out his sword and caught the air of, uh, of Marcus. Uh, are you following me? And the Lord rebuked him. Don't do that. Even the heat of that thing. But here he was now. Jesus had gone. Before all of them, they saw Jesus go. And he was now left with 500 believers. Maybe 499 believers. And the ministry that Jesus came to do, Jesus had committed into his hands. He had a heavy load on his shoulder. And Jesus had told them, don't go to anywhere. Go to Jerusalem, the upper room, and stay there until you receive the promise of my father. All these were heavy burdens of leadership on him. Because every other person was looking on him. Every other person was waiting for him to tell them what to do. Because they have not been used to taking decisions. And here, Peter was. He would pray the little we can pray. But he did something that was wise. He spent time reading the Bible. And in one of the days, he read the Bible. Don't forget the Bible that they read then is not the same Bible that we are reading now. Our own is both New and Old Testament. They had the prophets, the Psalms, and the law to read. So one of those days, he was reading. And he came to read. Psalm 69. How do I know he read Psalm 69? Because of the quotation he referred to. He read Psalm 69. And part of Psalm 69 was the Messianic prophecy. Where the Bible talked about the person that is going to betray Jesus. What will happen to him? What will happen to his house? And what will happen to his bishopric? When he read it, he said, wow. This is talking about Judas. What Judas did. So, the Bible says that Another person must take his bishopric. The Bible says he listed all the things there. Then he came to the rest of the 499 people that were there. And as many of them that were there that day. And he began to tell them. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Now we must choose somebody. To fulfill this scripture. We must choose somebody to replace Judas. On the strength of reading Gaining knowledge of the scripture, he knew what to do at a critical time. Beloved of God, I am of the firm belief that if the disciples had not replaced Judas, if the office of Judas was still vacant, because they have not fulfilled the scripture, because they have not fulfilled that scripture that was required, the Holy Spirit would have waited for a while before coming. Are you listening to me? But the Bible says, When he did that, the next page we read was in chapter 2. And what happened? They were there gathering together praying. Suddenly, a noise of a mighty rushing wind came and the Holy Spirit was descended upon them. If Peter had not put the house in order, if Peter had not taken charge of the administrative requirement, it would have been difficult for them to be able to husband, hold, uh, take, how would I put it, to be able to entertain or received the ministry of the Holy Spirit at that time. And God would have waited on him. The knowledge of the scripture will guide you. It will affect every aspect of your life. I remember hearing many years ago from Pastor Iadeboe. He said when he was working on his PhD thesis. He got to a point he was stuck. Because he had so many equations he needed to solve. He said he had done the equations to a point. He was tired. And so he began to pray. He spent days praying. There was no answer. He said one day, he was having his quiet time. He got up, sat up, began to read. It so happened that where he read was where the children of Israel were crossing the Red Sea. He read that Moses lifted his rod and divided the sea into two. Immediately, the Holy Spirit told him, from the scripture he read, God had been speaking, he didn't hear. But when he encountered that word, it was easy for the Holy Spirit to ride on the wings of that word and give him a direction. He said, now go to your uh, PhD project that you are doing, your thesis. Whatever you do to the left hand of the equation, do to the right hand of the equation. The first thing you will do, multiply the left by half, multiply the right by half. He said he mainly did it. He saw through the equations that were so difficult for him and he was able to resolve it. The knowledge of the scripture. The knowledge of the scripture. See, it might be a decision about your children you want to take. It might be a decision about your career you want to take. But when you expose yourself to the knowledge of the word of God, the word of God will help you. Even in things that don't appear as if they are relevant, as if they are connected, when you take a stand from the word of God, the increase in the knowledge of scripture will help you. Have you not been in Israel? It has happened to me several times. I want to take a decision. You look to the left, you look to the right. There is no sin there. So you can't say one is sin, one is not sinful. Are you with me? And you begin to wonder, God, what do I do? And while you are praying and you are thinking in your heart, suddenly a scripture you have, you have not read for a long time comes to you out of the inner recesses of your spirit. It was as if somebody turned, turned, turned and lifted a line, a phrase, a word from that scripture. Oftentimes, I get directions in life that way. Oftentimes. It is an activation of the word of God. Beloved of God, it is your interest to grow in the knowledge of the scriptures, the knowledge of the word of God. And the growth in the knowledge of the word of God is not automatic. You have to make up your mind that I'm going to read the Bible. Invest in a good Bible. Most of us are holding smart devices and so on. There are many free apps that are made available. It is free for you to use. But people are investing. People are paying for it. That is why you have it free. There's hardly no language in Nigeria today that you don't have a Bible. Beloved of God, make use of these things. Praise the Lord. Let me just stop there because of time. We'll continue from there. No, no, no. Don't clap. A growing believer, a maturing believer is what? Growing in the knowledge of the scripture. I'm not talking about the knowledge of God yet. I'm talking about the knowledge of the scripture. So that you will know how to choose what is best. So that you will know how to choose between what is right and what is wrong. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And make up your mind that the word of God will be the final authority in your life. Now, where you are seated, lift up your two hands. Lift up your two hands. Close your eyes. Thank God. Say, Father, thank you for the word I have received. If you have received anything this night, say, Lord, thank you for the word I have received. Lord, thank you for the word I have received. Help me to walk and order my life by this word. Help me to increase in the knowledge of scripture. Help me to increase in the knowledge of scripture, O God. So that I will be able to choose what is best. So that I will be able to choose what is important. So that I will be able to choose what is right as against what is wrong. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. I want you to talk to God. I don't know if you are here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I'd like to pray with you if you are here at this time. Can you lift up your hands wherever you are seated? Just lift up your hands wherever you are seated. I want to pray for you. I want the pastors to attend to those hands that are up right now. If you are lifting up your hand, if you lifted up your hand, lift it up well. I saw some hands. Father, in the name of Jesus. Maybe you are at home, you are watching online. Uh, I want you to pray this prayer. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that He paid the price of my sin. I believe in my heart that He was raised up on the third day and is now at the right hand of God. I pray today in the name of Jesus that you accept me as your child, oh God. I believe in my heart that he died for me. And Lord, I confess him as Lord of my life. In line with your word, receive me today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, bow your heads, everybody. The Lord said something to me now. Everybody. If you are here, there's somebody here He told me.